It's time to get inspired. This message is brought to you by the International Center Gospel Church, Dallas, Texas. Raising leaders, shaping visions, and influencing society through Christ. And now, God's Word by Reverend Martin Sinsafo, Senior Pastor, ICGC Destiny Temple. Continue with our series we started last Sunday on building God's sanctuary. So we'll do uh, number two of building God's sanctuary. Hallelujah. Started off by saying that ICGC as a church, we have a vision. Some of a vision. Bible says that without vision, the people perish. Uh, without vision, there is no restraint. Another version says that. Restraint means control. Alright? So without vision, there's no control. Which means you have a thousand and one things that you can apply your life to. You can apply your time to. There are a thousand and one things that you can apply your resources financially to. But without vision, then there's no restraint as to what to use your money for. Without vision, you would pay for pornography. Someone say mercy. <clears throat> without vision, you will waste resources. Praise God. So ICGC has a vision as a church. There's a vision for the church. And um, you as an individual... You have come here, and as you have been here, we have to communicate the vision to you. And as we communicate the vision to you, you can cover the vision for yourself as God gives the vision to you to enable you to live a life that is fulfilled. The Bible says that when you write the vision and you make it plain, the people run. When the vision is seen clearly, is that, that he may run that reads it. So when a vision is properly read, people will run. Not that they are running away, but they are running in, a, in, in, a, in, in an attempt to bring the vision to pass, to cause the manifestation of the vision. Now, the vision that Jesus Christ came to give to us is a simple vision, and that is what ICGC, we have imbibed. And that vision is this, a simple, that Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Are you listening? And then he said that I came to seek and to save the lost. Are you listening here? I came to seek and to save what? The lost. So there are two things that God is doing. Every other thing is not in. Praise God. God is building his church. And God is seeking to save the lost. Praise God. So we make that our vision. So the vision of ICGC as it is, is to establish the house of God. Through the development of model New Testament Christians. Model New Testament what? Christians and model New Testament churches. Establishing the house of God through the development of model New Testament Christians and model New Testament what? Churches. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? 
I sense an anointing in this place. As I'm preaching and speaking, healing is taking place. As I'm, I'm preaching and speaking, I see situations being turned around. I see miraculous situations happening in your life. Favor pursuing you. Bible says that the entrance of his word brings light and understanding. I see the light of God shining on your path. You will not walk in darkness again. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. So there is the need for us to establish the church or establish the house of God. So last week we went through the text. I'm not going to go through that because I have other texts that I'll be using. We talked about God instructed Moses to build a sanctuary. Somebody say sanctuary. We define what a sanctuary is. You may want to get a tape. And then another word that was raised in the text was the word tabernacle. Amen. And then one that we added was temple, a house of what? Worship. A house of what? Worship. The sanctuary place that set apart, a holy place, a tabernacle, a dwelling place. And we said that God is the one that dwells in that tabernacle. Now, we, we talked about the various functions of the, uh, of the temple or the house of God or the sanctuary amen, or the tabernacle. And the functions were here. We spoke about the fact that it's a place where God's people seek him. It's a place where God meets with his people, right? And it's a place where God's people fellowship with one another. It's a place where we come and we interact with one another. Are you listening? Have you sought God this morning? Have we offered God worship this morning? Praise God. I'm happy to see some beautiful faces here. Yours is one of them. Some of them I haven't seen in quite a long time. I'm most excited to see your faces. Praise God. Now, it's a place where God's people fellowship. We come in and we interact. Effective fellowship. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. So does a friend sharpen the countenance of what? His friend. The Bible says that two is better than what? One. Amen. Two is better than one. The Bible says that one shall put away a thousand, two, ten thousand. Mathematically, how that is possible, it is only by God. The fact that one person should put away a thousand, the other person should put away a thousand, so the two of them should be what? Two thousand. But God is saying, when we come together, our efforts are multiplied. Our outcome increases. Your, your, your amen is not strong. If you are distracted, just tell me. And I, I will. <laughs> Amen. So when we come together as a group, our impact is stronger. Divided we. Divided we. Divided we. United we. Stand. Are you listening? So when we come together to fellowship, there is strength when we come together to fellowship. Now, another function, we dealt with six functions. Another function was that in, in, in the house of God, God gets opportunity to instruct us. As we have come today, we are being instructed. Instructed in the areas of prayer. Instructed, you know, in various ways. Praise God. Yesterday, we had a powerful church workers retreat in this place. It was just amazing. Amen. It was just amazing. Where we received sound doctrine, sound instructions. Things that are making us stronger and, and, and wiser even as we serve God. Are you listening? The Bible says that if the iron is blunt and you don't sharpen the edge, then must you put to it what? Much strength. There are people who struggle and hustle in life because they have not been sharpened. Amen? So any opportunity that you get to sharpen yourself, do it. I've had to pay sometimes thousands of dollars to sharpen myself. I can't stay, I can't stay dull. If I'm serving God, then I must serve him well. 
If somebody is going to become an engineer, they take the person to school to study to become an engineer. Uh, you know, and you have to write examinations to become a, a, a professional engineer. If, if that which is natural, we put in much effort to sharpen it. And every now and then, even if you're a nurse or a doctor, at the beginning of the year, they have this uh, refresher courses that is mandatory. That for you to be able to do, to be able to do your work efficiently. Annual competencies. Are you listening? So in a church, we provide weekly competencies, sometimes every three months competencies. And that's what it should be, to prepare the people, to prepare the people. Man of God, I remember I was reading a story about the time that the temple was being built. Bible says that they brought stones that were cut from outside. And the stones were not cut in the place. It was, it was cut, at the, it was prepared at the quarry. But here we are, we are building a church and we have people who are coming who are not cut in any ways. Are you listening? So when they come in, there's a need for us to find a way to cut so that things can fit perfectly well where they have to fit. Am I, am I communicating here now? Can I have a, something to help me here? Am I communicating? Praise God. So it is, it, is, it is in the house of God that we get opportunity to sip in things and, you know, file the nail a little bit and, and, and cut a certain growth that is going out of proportion so that things can fit properly. Someone say instruction. The Bible says that my son, attend to my instructions. Attend to my instructions. So it gives us opportunity to instruct. And then the house of God, in the house of God, people of God are empowered. People of God are empowered. That which you couldn't do before you came here, through the, uh, the, the instrumentality of the word of God and the partnership of the Holy Spirit, you are able to accomplish it. The Bible says, not by mind, not by power, but by my spirit. Are you listening? So in the house of God, there's empowerment that enables you to do things that you couldn't do before. Praise God. And in the house of God, God provides what? A covering. He provides a covering. We dealt with all this last week. I'm not going to go into detail on that. This week, the, today, I want to continue from where we left off. Now, in the text that we read, God instructed Moses to build the tabernacle. And in doing so, or the dwelling place for him, in doing so, he asked the people to bring resources. Let's read some scriptures here. Um, if you can get a microphone for Lady Stella, that would be great. Amen? Praise God. Now, let's read um, Exodus chapter number 35, verse number 4. Through verse number 9. Exodus chapter 35. Chapter 35 verse 4. Through verse 9. Let's look at resources to build the sanctuary. Amen. Resources to build the sanctuary. Hallelujah. Amen. Exodus chapter 35 verse 4. To 9. It says, And Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as an offering to the Lord. Gold, silver, and bronze. Blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Fine linen and goat's hair. Ram skin dyed red. Badger skins and acacia wood. Oil for the light and spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. Onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. Hallelujah. Praise God. So as we are reading the scriptures, I would encourage you to open your Bible 
so that you can see there's something about the word of God when you look into it. You know, when you look into it, it makes you wiser. Praise God. So I know that because of technology, people come to church with their phones. These days they put away Bibles, physical Bibles. But the Bible didn't say that this tablet of the law or this iPhone of the law or this iPad of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. It said this book of the law. So you must carry, you must carry a book, you know. What I want to encourage you to do is just open your Bibles and read along, you know, and read along. There's something about reading the word of God. There's something about it. When, when, even when she's reading it and you are hearing it, if you look, there are things that will jump out. God will, the, the Holy Spirit is willing to communicate to you. He's always ready to talk to you. you know, there are things that will jump out. If you just listen, you're going to miss it. Are you listening? Okay. Praise God. Now, let's look at the next scripture here. And I believe, I'm trusting that you're able to pay attention. First Chronicles chapter number 22 Verse 13 through 16. First Chronicles chapter number 22. Verse 13 through 16. And please open your Bibles. And uh, when you get it, say, I have it. I have it. If you don't have it, say, God, help me. And if your neighbor has it and you are close and you want to draw closer to your neighbor, it's a time of fellowship. Amen. Chapter 22, verse 13 through 16. Please. Then you will prosper. If you take care to fulfill the statutes and judgments mm -hmm. with which the Lord charged Moses concerning mm -hmm. Israel, mm -hmm. be strong and of good courage. Mm -hmm. Do not fear nor dismayed. Indeed, I have taken much trouble to prepare the house of the Lord, 100,000 talents of gold and 1 million talents of silver and bronze and iron beyond measure, for it is so abundant I have prepared timber and stone also, and you may add to them. Moreover, there are workmen with you in abundance, woodsmen and stone cutters and all types of skillful men from every kind of work. Of gold and silver and bronze and iron, there is no limit. Arise and begin working, and the Lord will be with you. Amen. Tell your neighbor, arise, begin working, and the Lord will be with you. Say, arise, build, and the Lord will be with you. Say, arise, bring the resources, and the Lord will be with you. Say, arise, bring the silver, bring the gold, bring the diamond, bring your strength. Let us build the sanctuary of God. Amen. So, in the scriptures we've read, God instructed for things to be brought. Right? He instructed for things to be brought. What are these resources? Number one, the resources must be very valuable. They must be what? Valuable. Amen? They must be... They must be... Why? Because we serve a valuable God. The resource must be worthy. Praise God. It must be what? Worthy. Look at 1 Chronicles chapter number 21, verse 22 through 27. Very interesting phenomenon here. You know, it must cost us something to build the house of God. 1 Chronicles chapter 21, verse 20, 27. It says, Then David said to Ornan, Grant me the place of this threshing floor, that I may build an altar on it to the Lord. 
you shall grant it to me at the full price, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. But Onan said to David, take it to yourself and let my lord, the king, do what is good in his eyes. Look, I also give you the oxen for burnt offerings, the threshing implements for wood, and the wheat for the grain offering. I give it all. Amen. Then King David said to Onan, No, but I will surely buy it for the full price. For I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offering burnt offerings, nor offer burnt offerings with that which cost me nothing. So David gave Onan 600 shekels of gold by weight for the place. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings and called on the Lord. And he answered him from heaven by fire on the altar of burnt offerings. So the Lord commanded the angel and he returned his sword to its sheath. Praise God. Do you see what is happening? David is trying to build something and, you know, just take it for free. David said, no, whatever must be given to God must be bought with a value. Are you listening? It must be valuable. He said, I will not offer what the statement he makes here, which I want to draw your attention to. He said, the King David said unto him, nay, but I will verily buy it for the full price because I will not take that which is thine for the Lord for the, which is yours for the Lord, no, offer burnt offerings without a cost. Offer burnt offerings without what? A cost. Tell your neighbor it must cost something. And it must be valuable. Amen. Amen. It must be valuable. The next thing is that whatever that is being required must be what? Necessary. Must be necessary. Which means that, you know, it must be needed. It must be needed. When we were here, we realized that we needed space for the children. We had to build a wall, create a room over there. We had to build a wall here, create a room over there. The air conditioning here wasn't strong. We had to put in two air conditioning units to make the place comfortable. Are you understanding the point? Here, because, you know, you come to church, not just you yourself, but your children come with you. We must make the church comfortable. Praise God. We must, we must provide the necessary things. Not that your children are here with you and they are disturbing and all that and you are not concentrating on the message that is coming. You are not enjoying the service simply because we have been putting the necessary things to make the service comfortable for you to be able to enjoy. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Tell your neighbor it must be necessary. Say your contributions are necessary. Hallelujah. Say they are needed to build a sanctuary. Next thing about it is that it must be what? Generous. Somebody say generous. Whatever that is coming in must be from a willing heart and in abundance. It must be from what? A willing heart and in abundance. There are people who are stingy. People who are stingy who have to literally use a, a, a plier to, to pry the fingers off the money. Even when, <laughs> even when they are dying, they hold on to the money like that. Praise God. Tell your neighbor, be generous. Say, be generous. Say, be generous with God. Amen? Amen. Have you heard a story about um, 
Was it Kwaku Anansi? Who was trying to grab something that was in a, in a bottle. The finger could go into the bottle. Alright? The finger was, the, the hand was able to get into the bottle. And, and he grabbed the thing, but because he was holding on to the things that he had grabbed, you know, he couldn't take his hand out of the bottle. The mouth of the bottle was too small to release his hand. Are you listening? Now, there were about four of them, but he wanted to take all of them at once. So he had all four items in his hands. No, he could have just picked one, one at a time. But because of greed, <laughs> he was still holding on to it. And Kwaku sat there till they broke and then he was arrested. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, don't be Kwaku Anansi. Tell your neighbor, be generous. Be generous. The Bible says that there is one that scattered and yet increases. He scatters all. He scatters, yet he increases. But there is one that withholds more than it needs. In the middle of it, he's lacking. He's lacking. Praise God. God wants to bring you to a place where you are not running after him because of money. He wants to bring you to a place where you, your trust is not in money. Because there are some things that money cannot buy. There are some things that money cannot buy. You can have it in abundance. Money will not be able to supply that for you. Hallelujah. Bible says that what is it that we have that was not given to us by God? What is it? What is it that we have that was not given? Just begin to count where you are. Just check the things you have on. Everything you have. You may think it's your own strength. That you were able to work. But there are people who cannot work today. Amen. He said look at the lilies of the field. Look at the birds of the air. Hallelujah. So we have to come to a place of trusting God. To release valuable resources. To release necessary resources. And to release generous what? Resources. To be able to build the house of God. Praise God. One day. Somebody was going to give something to the church. And the thing that he was going to give to the church was thing that was already broken down. That he himself could not use. See, he himself could not use. He could not use that thing. You know, when he brought it, these are some of the things, you know, I, that, I lost my pastoral skills at that time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I told him... <laughs> You want me to tell you what I, I said? Are you serious? Are you really serious? Even if you are going to throw this thing um, away at the dump site, they will charge you for throwing it away at them. And you are bringing it to the house of you think this place is a dumpster? You think this place is a dumpster? Amen. Amen. The church is the pillar of our society. The church is the pillar of our society. And it must be sponsored. And sponsored. Some say amen. amen. We want to look at the church as God's family. This is a very important subject to my heart. 
And I feel the need for us to systematically and consistently teach on this, that this church is not an organization. It's a family. Your, your amen is telling me that you want, don't want to accept it. If, it. if you don't see it as a family, then begin to see this church as a family. Praise God. Begin to see your brother sitting next to you, not as somebody you don't know from Adam, and that after church you just get up and you just leave. See that person as connected to you one way or the other. The church is a family. Someone say the church is a family. Someone say the church is a family. And we must recognize it and build it as such. We must recognize it and create the environment as such. Now, creating the environment requires teaching and requires the consciousness of everybody involved in this church. Everybody involved, regardless of your nationality, regardless of your tribe. I was telling them yesterday that how many of you know the tribe that I come from? You don't know because I've been told I'm not tribalistic. If I was tribalistic, I would be asking, where, what tribe do you come from? But I come from a certain tribe. And they have the, the tribes, uh, uh, you know, Asante Man's uh, uh, fellowship in, in DFW. They have Kouman's fellowship or Kouman's association. You know, they have Nigerian association. They have Cameroonian association. They have whatever it is. But the church should never be so. It's not be a Ghanaian, it should not be a Ghanaian association. It's, it's the church is the family of God. It is the family of God. And we must see it as such. And treat people that are in the church as members of God's family. Amen. If it's not a Ghanaian church, then don't speak Ghanaian language. After church, and you are laughing, and, and other people, other nationals are standing there, and, and there's no consciousness of the somebody is standing who's part of their family. It must be a conscious effort. These are things that help the church to be stronger, help the church to be healthier, and help the church to grow. You're not clapping, but I'm going to preach anyways. Amen. Amen. What are you afraid of? More is better. Are you listening? God had one son. He wanted more. He gave him up. For more. And our goal is to build it for more. To create an environment where people will feel comfortable. People will feel like they are part of us. Are you listening? The Nigerians or the Cameroonians or whatever other national Liberians shouldn't get themselves in a little corner and, you know, and they shouldn't feel that way. There may be a certain number of nationals that are stronger in terms of number, but we should do our things with moderation, consciously being aware of each other's need as a family of God. Are we learning something today? I said, are we learning something? Let's look at the living Bible. Um, you may not get it. I try to find it. It's not, it's not easy to get, but I, I lifted it and put it up here. Let's all read it together. Ready? Go. Praise God. I know the, the, the typo and the verb thing will be bothersome to some people, those who went to good schools, but don't worry. I didn't attend one of those good schools, so that's fine. Amen. Is that now, not tomorrow, not when we go to heaven. Somebody say now. now. Somebody say now. now. He said, you are no longer strangers. No longer strangers to God. Neither are you foreigners to heaven. Hey, do you understand that? Means that where you are sitting is heavenly. Well, Amen. well, <laughs> I'm not waiting to go to heaven, oh. 
Bible says that I'm not a stranger there. I'm not a stranger to heaven. If I'm not a stranger to heaven, it means that I'm there. You, when I'm teaching, you don't get a revelation. Praise God. The church is supposed to be heavenly. And Bible says that in heaven, there shall no be what? Tears. There shall no be sorrow. Why should you come to church and be sorrowful? Because somebody stepped upon your toe. Or because somebody treated you badly. Why should it be so? If somebody was going to hurt you, let a person hurt you outside the church. It should not be within the church. If somebody is going to abuse you, let a person abuse you outside the church. Why well, should not be in the church? Why? The church is supposed to be heavenly. We said, Bible says that now you are no longer strangers to God and no longer foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own, God's very own family. God's very own family. Not the Trump's family. Are you listening? Not the uh, whatever family that you can think about. Not the Kennedy family. Not the Obama family. Not the Bush family. Praise God. Not the <laughs> Amen. Someone say, I am, I am a, a member of God's own family. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you are a member of God's own very family. Bible says that you are a citizen of God's country. A citizen of God's country. One pastor was preaching in the church one time and he was asking people, you have a green card? Are you a, a legal alien? Are you a citizen? Or, or whatever. And I'm sitting there, I was like, what does that matter? What does that preach the word? Are you, are you an ICE officer? Are you an... <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Are you an ICE pastor? Pastor for ICE. Asking people stupid questions. Foolish questions in the church. In God's house. So I am not a foreigner to heaven. I am a citizen of God's own country. Somebody said I'm blessed. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that... <laughs> And you belong to God's household with every other Christian. With every other Christian. Every other Christian. You belong to God's household. Say, I love my church. Say, we are building a mega church. A place where God lives. A place where people feel accepted. God's own very family. God's own very household. Praise God. You are a part of God's universal family. Understand that. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. You are a part of God's universal family. Very quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 13. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Mm -hmm. It says, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. One body. Whether Jews or Greeks. Whether Cameroonian or Zimbabwean. Or Zambian, we have them here in the house. Or Liberians, or Ghanaians. Are you listening? Whether Greek or Jew. Praise God. Say, I've been baptized into God's family. Into God's body. Read it again for me, please. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. And have all been made to drink into one spirit. One spirit. We are drinking in one spirit. 
one spirit. It's a spirit. It's, it's an atmosphere. It's a culture. Are you listening? Praise God. Say, I belong. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Mm -hmm. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy mm -hmm. has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He has begotten us again. Someone say he has begotten us again. He said he has begotten us again. It means that he has given birth to us. Are you listening? So if he gave birth to us, he didn't give birth to you outside of a family. You are giving birth to in a family. As many as believe in him, he gave them power to become sons of God. Say, I belong to the family of God. I belong to the family of God. I belong to the family of God. I belong to God's own very family. I belong to God's own. I belong to God's very own family. God's very own family. Praise God. This thing must be here. It must, it must just get, it must, you must have it registered. Praise God. Number two, from that scripture, we understand that we are a member or we are members of a local church. Praise God. Amen. We are members of what? A local church. We are supposed to be members of what? A local church. The universal family is universal and it's big. There are people all over, but there's no supervision for the people all over. When you come into an environment that, like this, the local church you know, you must belong to the local church. You must be a member of the local assembly. God's family is big. There are others who are part of God's family who are not here. But the fact that they are not here doesn't mean they are not part of us. But those of us that are here, we must treat ourselves as that local assembly. Praise God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse 27. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Uh -huh. Now you are the body of Christ ah. and members individually. Mm -hmm. And God has appointed these in the church. Praise God. First apostles. So that's verse 27, right? You are members of what? The body. You are members. He said you are what? You are. You are the, you are body, the body of, of Christ, Christ. And members, and in members individually. Yeah. Members in particular. That's what the King James Version says. Members in what? Particular. So we are all members of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Now, the local church is a gathering of believers in a geographical area, like here, right? A gathering of what? Believers in a geographical area under a spiritual leadership of what? Of a pastor. So this assembly is a local church. It's in this geographical area and it's under a leadership of a pastor. Is that not so? Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, and the next thing I want you to understand is that you are to belong to a household. You are to belong to what? The household of God. Now, let's read Psalm 68, verse number 6. Somebody shout, I'm blessed. Um, Somebody shout, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Psalm 68, verse 6. And understand that we are to belong to what? The household. Psalm 68, verse 6. Mm -hmm. Psalm 68, verse 6. Mm -hmm. God sets the solitary in families. Mm -hmm. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. Say it again. God sets the solitary in families mm -hmm. and brings out those who are bound into prosperity. In prosperity. Keep going. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. The rebellious dwell where? In, in a, a dry, dry land. land. God sets the lonely person in a family. God sets the lonely person in a family. God, sets, God has set you in a family. Why? Because you need to belong. 
You need to belong. The local church is an environment that provides you the opportunity to nurture you, provides the opportunity to be nurtured so that you can grow and be strong. When a child is given birth to and a child is abandoned, not placed in a family, within a few hours, a few, uh, maybe a couple of days, the child will die if not seen and taken into uh, for, for, proper, for proper care to be provided. Do you understand the point? So the same way as a member of this local assembly, you must belong. You must belong to enable you to enjoy all the benefits of belonging. Are you listening? Tell your neighbor, I must belong. So I can enjoy the benefits of belonging. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bow down your heads for a word of prayer. Father, we want to thank you for your word that has come forth. We pray that your word will bear fruit in the heart and the lives of your people. We pray that as a church, we will grow together as a family. We will build and advance this work. We believe you've been blessed by this message. For details, inquiries, and prayer, call 469-502-1000. That's 469-502-1000. Or visit www.icjcdallas.org. You are blessed and highly favored.